Welcome back to another episode of Keone Chats. I'm the kind of person that wants to make a good first impression. I don't know who would not want to make a good first impression because you run to that same person down the line. That's how they remember you. So when it came to my conversation with Anna Nickel, formerly Anna Miller, I had the thought going to the interview that it was going to be around athletics or it was going to be around what she does for work or uh, you know how her career was as a former softball player. No, it was actually about her mental state, her mental health, and it was about a few books that she read that really opened up her mind. And that was 100% not what I was expecting because the Anna I remember, the lasting impression of Anna that I have is this she was she is she was in high school it was in high school and she was one of the popular athletic super athletic uh, women at our school and i was intimidated to talk to her even though i've known her so the connection between anna and myself is that uh, her brother ben along with my brother myself we all did boy scouts together so in the beginning i only knew her as anna miller uh, sister to Ben Miller and you know, I have a few other siblings and then when she got off to middle school high school she just I, I, I was intimidated talking to her you know just because she continued she went into softball she went to athletics she garnished a lot of attention and you know she also you know as one does as they grow up it's like oh they're becoming more and more attractive it's like I it's intimidating you don't want to admit it but it's like you're intimidated sometimes to talk to those that are, you know, very attractive people just because you have all these like blocks in your head just because of how media builds up, uh, you know, the, 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 yeah, anywho, anywho, but, um, yeah, so I was intimidated to talk to her, you know, because, you know, just the athletics, you know, very gorgeous lady. And I was just like, oh, why am I, why am I like that? I was we, we talk about this in the interview where we mention things that we did in high school that we wish we could take back. We wish we could do over. That was mine is just that I wish that I was not so in my head to where I could still have conversations with her because I have known her a long time. Granted, yeah, everyone goes through, everyone grows up, everyone looks different from when they first met them. So. Um, yeah, so that was just my thing. I was just like, uh, okay, uh, you're going to talk to Anna Miller. You've known for a very long time. There's no reason to be nervous. So that was my thing. And we, I'm not going to tell you what she said, but because I want you to listen. And be, I thought it was very insightful. It's very self-critical. So I was very happy with how, with how this whole conversation went because I thought it was just going to be about athletics. So it was very, it was a, it was a great surprise. So thank you, Anna. I know you're a very busy lady with uh, married life as Anna Nickel now. So uh, it was great just to reconnect. And uh, I hope this episode is, I was excited for this episode to come out. You know, it was exciting. So if this is your first time checking out the show, you welcome. Uh, the show can be found on all podcast platforms. And if you go to YouTube, Search Keone Chats. I put them in the title of each of my episodes. That's the way they're easier to find. And follow, subscribe. Be a part of the Keone Chats KC Media family. So KC Media is more than just a podcast show. It's a, 
also me that wants to take my camera out to wherever the heck I go and take some photos and put it on my website, which could be located in the lower right-hand screen, or lower right-hand of the screen. There we go. Uh, it says keoniconlu.com, K-E-O-N-I-C-O-N-L-U.com. Uh, so that is my personal website. Check it out. And that's where I would post my blog series. Uh, so either the DC Animated Universe review series or a uh, NFL mock draft 2022. Uh, yeah, that 2022. The seasons are so weird. But 2022 would be the next one, uh, next edition of that uh, series. But as far as the DC Animated Universe, that one is going to be released within the next couple months. Uh, I just saw Injustice. Oh, my God. That was a bloodbath, and it was everything I dreamed of. <laughs> uh, so check out the website, uh, other contents there. Uh, videos are of the episodes, so this, this video will be located on the website as well as the audio version on the main page. So check it out. Uh, if you would like to be in the loop and in terms of episode releases you can follow the sh follow casey media on instagram at casey media 13 uh, and uh that's also on instagram and twitter and then on facebook it will be conlu k media so uh yeah follow those uh, pages or accounts so however you are checking out this episode on whichever platform you prefer or if you are watching on youtube I hope you enjoy my chat with Anna Nichol. Oh, recording oh. in progress. Got oh. it. Uh, you know, it's uh, because I can't get all your deepest darkest secrets on tape without you knowing so that's yeah. why this is a great conversation in consent like the other person needs to know that this is being recorded exactly exactly uh so uh, you know yeah so since we we're first recording i can finally say it has been over 10 years since i have had a sentence shared with you miss anna formerly known as miller now nickel how first off just how's your family because it has been a very long time since oh did you freeze a little bit oh i think you froze a little bit oh there she is okay sorry i was gonna say sorry like as soon as you start recording of course it's like <laughs> nope no 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 internet connection <laughs> uh for, first off just just how is the family um it, it's i've kind of kept track with like beverly you got glenn and then um ben i i mean who who knows what ben's doing how is the family doing yeah it's 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 wild i mean being one of five you feel like there's always someone who's doing something insane um so i'll kind of go top to bottom so my oldest sister still lives in the like greater metropolitan area of portland she lives out in banks with her husband and she just had the cutest little bee named isabel um our first niece of the family and she's a she's a little gem um and then my older brother ben he is in ohio with his wife and they're doing like Bible research and Bible outreach. So in the Christian community, and then Tyler and myself are here in the Seattle area. Bev is at University of Virginia getting her PhD in chemical engineering, which, whoo, it's a lot. 
Um, and then Glenn is serving in the military under the Army Corps of Engineers. Um, he's currently in, I want to say it's Indiana, but I'm not going to lie. I'm going to have to fact check myself later and be like, wrong one. Um, but Kansas, like he's, he's out in the, in the boons. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents are doing fantastic. They're still in the house that we all grew up in, in Beaverton. It's very empty and sad now. Mm. They like really dislike that there's not so many of us, <laughs> um, but they're doing really well. My mom works for um, a mortgage company, like helping get people back on track with their mortgages. So like pulling them out of foreclosure and just talking them through the process on ensuring they don't go into foreclosure because that's a very scary part of owning a home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad is fully retired, lives his best life. Like as like a garden fairy. Like he just is, does everything in the garden imaginable. Um, and he is just, you know, has been living retirement life for a couple of years and he loves it. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember your, your dad being very loud, very, very vocal when, uh, he was, I guess, just part of like the, the parenting group of the Boy Scouts, which your brother Ben and uh, my brother and myself were all a part of. So to think of him as a garden fairy, that does fit a whole lot. Or like a garden lumberjack. I don't know. I feel like there's like a blend of like he, he's an absolute green thumb, like make anything grow. But he's still a giant. So like yeah. it's maybe mixed messages of what a fairy is, but like <laughs> he is like just beautiful garden. Like if you ever want some flowers, mm-hmm. give him a call. Like he will hook you up with whatever. Like you want a flower? Like I guarantee he grows it and he would love to like gift one to you. So is it one of those things where like he you don't even have to know what kind of flower you want? Just say you want something purple, want something blue, then it's like yes. I gotcha. 100%. So get this. My dad loves day lilies and lilies are my, like pretty much my favorite flower for my wedding. He potted enough individual, like purpley blue day lilies for everyone to take one home. What? Yes. Morgan's is still alive at her house. I do not have one that le- that is living. I let it live at his garden because I want it to survive. So yeah. like he is a total, total like green thumb magician in the garden. See, uh- now, like when we had those plants, like you know, had the plant sales back in the day, I'm like, I feel like he might have just like you know swiped maybe a little bit here or there just to test it on himself. See, like maybe I could. Maybe I'm pretty sure he life. gave extra flowers. I'm pretty sure they were like, oh, here's your garden pickup. Oh, here's some extra flowers. Like, drive by their house sometime. I guarantee there's like a table of free plants. Mm-hmm. Like he, like his great joy is like giving plants to people. Because for a lot of people, if you don't know how to garden, it can be really overwhelming to like get something started off the ground. Like he does that for you. He is like your seed plant person, but your plant is already a teenager. <laughs> so so with, with your dad and your brother being so tied up in the Boy Scouts, did you ever think about doing Girl Scouts yourself? Back the, did you do Girl Scouts? So I, I tried. I tried Girl Scouts and it just, I didn't find it very fulfilling. Like it just wasn't what I was looking for. I feel like I did. I, I sold cookies. Like that's mm-hmm. a rite of passage. If you are a girl and a scout, like you have to sell cookies. And it just really wasn't what I was looking for. I think we went on like one camping trip and I just was like, I'd rather go throw something. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my like life was every time I tried, like I tried ballet and wow, this is so fun, but I want to go throw something or kick something or it just, it never really like curbed my like desire to go and do things. And so for Mm. me sitting still or like being in one place was so hard. So for me, it's like, I wanted to go, like I tried everything my parents let me get my hands on. And the the one exception was piano. Like piano was the only thing I could sit still for 
but you also get to hit things. Yeah. Maybe don't hit them, like play them. But like, I feel like I, I was still able to like move and express myself that way. So yeah, I, I tried. It just, I'm, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think Girl Scouts like put up the same experience that Boy Scouts did. Like Boy Scouts was very robust. Mm-hmm. Like I remember you guys going and like doing the snow camp out where you would build your own like igloo and then sleep in it which was wild. Like it blew my mind, but that was like a normal part in like the 50 miler, I think backpacking trips. Like you guys were rugged, Mm. like so hardcore. And for Girl Scouts, it was like, we made pillowcases and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. It just wasn't my like vibe and what I needed to do with my energy, like making a pillowcase, which I actually think I still have at my parents' house somewhere. Mm. Um, It just, you know, it didn't fulfill me like making that didn't do it for me so yeah because yeah. even like not just taking that example of like girl scouts boy scouts it's like a lot of things back when we were growing up it was just very one side towards the males because you know again you know kind of exploring that a little bit it's just that it, just like what you said you know just girls some of the girl scout cookies and then what else and then um and that's why it was it was kind of a nice relief when we had those family picnics because you know we got to you know a spend time with you know some maybe like you know i got to spend time with ben's sister anna at the boy scout camp and i got to show her how to hike i got to show her how to do this 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 so uh, i think maybe girl scouts going forward could is probably going to change maybe do a little more rugged things i mean it definitely has and i last time i heard i think boy scouts actually allow or is now allowing girl scouts and their girls not girls girls in their programming yeah so i think it has evolved but yeah i agree like my favorite experiences were um boy scout camp during the summer and my brother worked oh the one out in hillsborough i can't think what it was called but like i loved it it was so fun there was archery there was bb guns like there was a hay thing it was just so fun like that was more my speed Mm -hmm. um and again like nothing wrong if you love if you love pillowcases like i respect you if that is you but like i am not I'm not gifted in that area, and it became very evident. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, your pillowcase is amazing. Mine is, like, so chud. <laughs> I, everyone needs a pillowcase, though. Everyone, and pillowcases are universal. They're always going to be needed. So They are. So respect to anyone who can make a pillowcase or clothing. People mm. who can make clothing baffle me. Like, Laurel's mom, Darla, mm-hmm. like, fully made dresses. And I, I actually think she made kirsten's wedding dress mm-hmm. like that that baffles me like i love i love all the other talents but that just it wasn't it wasn't for me but i can appreciate like the incredibleness of someone making clothes because i tried to make a pillowcase which is like so simple <laughs> it's a square it was, <laughs> blew my mind I, I, now that you mentioned it because like you know we did before we started the interview we talked about how like you know laurel ba- green now baker has a kid, Morgan O'Brien, whatever her new last name is, has a kid. O'Brien. We just go with O'Brien. 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 <laughs> and then, you know, Kristen has a, a child also. It's like, yeah. oh my God. And it's crazy is that, like, I mean, like, I'm happy they found each other, Kristen and Jacob, but like, Jacob's my brother's age. And I remember one time where I played uh, Turkey Bowl, like the Thanksgiving football. Yeah. Jacob was there. Kristen was there. And she was like, like we saw each other. And she's like, Oh, you know what? I thought I recognized you while you're running around. I was like, "This is insane! All these yeah. things are tying in together." I uh, the turkey bowl still exists. That's pretty cool. It it kind of died down. 
it's kind of died down. Well, COVID it's, kind of killed a lot of things. Like, if you didn't want to do something anymore, you were like, sorry, COVID. Like, it, it was the greatest, like, no. <laughs> it's, the, it's the easiest opt out, basically. It is. Oh, sorry, we're not traveling right now. Mm, Done. Mm, sorry. Yeah, or you sorry. know what? I just don't feel comfortable. Like, ew. Like, like people respecting boundaries has gone up a thousand levels of like, I don't feel comfortable. And it's like, what? That's a thing you can say now. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I definitely feel like just saying that, like I'm uncomfortable or I don't know how you feel or just acknowledging kind of not like acknowledging your negligence, just acknowledging your lack of education towards other people. That's definitely yeah boosted up immensely within the last yeah. like I think like real years. check-ins started asking you how you're doing and how like how do you feel about things is like an actual check-in where before it was like how are you and as you like walk away oh. yeah where now <laughs> it's like how are you how is your family is everyone healthy like how are you guys navigating having kids at home or how are you navigating working like it's a real mm-hmm. check-in so like somehow COVID has spread us apart more but in other ways it's like encourage more real connection at the same time so you know there's good and all hence hence why we're here like i mean granted you are also in washington and i'm still in oregon so there's there's always that there's always that yeah yeah (laughs) but it frees up time right like there's no more commuting so we're in like normally at five o'clock gonna be commuting and instead Mm -hmm. you're like you get to walk in front of the room like i wear glasses during my work day like little blue light glasses and then when i'm done for the day i just like take them off and i'm like oh i'm home (laughs) (laughs) it's my commute it's taking off the glasses they're like my like feel like my superpower like powering done for the day oh exactly so uh, you did mention because i i can't remember but you mentioned ben's doing stuff with uh bible research and whatnot uh, I I can remember how your parents were when it came to religion. We also had our Boy Scout meetups in a church. Uh, how how was your religion, you know, going through twenty twenty and then part most mostly I guess because twenty twenty is almost over. How, how was it? How was it tested? How how are you feeling now that you've kind of gone through all these tribulations? Yeah, I mean, my, our parents here are super like I would say they are like super faith based, like very integrated into like believing that like things are working themselves out and like believing in like the interconnectedness of people and I would say that like my version of faith has drastically changed since since high school and like life happens you like like you think you understand things when you're 18 and then you are like (laughs) you know nothing um but just like recognizing how you know your your faith is can be a great thing, but it can also be something a problem. Like it can keep you from, you know, really empathizing with people. You're like, oh, God will take care of it. Mm-hmm. So like I've actively tried to not like shut someone down by being too like faithful. Like, oh, everything mm-hmm. will be fine. Like, nope, that's not true all the time. Like grief and all these challenging things. And like, there's nothing wrong with saying, oh, like, let me pray for you. Or like, can I pray for you? any of those things? But some people are like, you know what? Like I lost someone in my family due to COVID. I mean, I lost my job. Like this has ruined their life. And to say that like, oh, it's okay. God will take care of you. Like can really be super off-putting. Yeah. And so I think that part of my like growing up through Christianity and through the church can sometimes be like, oh, just believe more. Like just believe harder. And I think that really actually keeps us from having a great connection to the Mm. other humanity around us. Um, so I say that's, I've grown a lot being like, wow, like I really need to listen 
rather than just like throwing some believing at them being like, mm, it'll be mm -hmm. fine. Because just because like things have been fine for me doesn't mean that someone else isn't going through like the most challenging time of their life. And to not really like sit in their discomfort with them and just be like, wow, like that is so hard. And like, you can still believe that things will work out at some point or eventually, or like everything will be okay. But that doesn't take away from like the, the immense suffering that someone mm -hmm. is feeling. And I mean, I think that something we've all had to sit with is like loss in this last year, whether that's a loss of a job, a loss mm -hmm. of normalcy, a loss of a family member, a loss of whatever. Mm -hmm. And just to sit in like the grief of it, because grief is so unique. Like, I don't know if you've can yeah. relate to this, but it, it, it's like grief and um, uh, what is it? Grief and trauma. Those are the two things where like the definition of it is being a little more expansive than what it used to be when we were growing up and thinking like, oh, grief is like it's only associated with loss of a loved one or something. It could or trauma has to be like you experience a car crash and something extremely happened to you. It's like, it could be something small that still has a ripple effect. Totally. And I think the horrible ignorance that I had growing up around like people of color living in Oregon, mm -hmm. like there's, there's so much historically that Oregon did to limit the rights of people of color to learn that I was like, Oh, like it, like, <laughs> like knifed my heart to the point where I'm like, how horrible that I had no idea, none. Yeah. And then when I lived in South Carolina, like that was immensely eye-opening to recognize that like this has been going on for a very long time. And for some places it's more passive aggressive in some places it's more aggressive. I find that so many things that happen um, are very passive aggressive, right? They're like simmer under the surface and until you start paying attention you might not even notice them and like the privilege of not noticing like is huge and mm -hmm. I, I i i try to catch my line i'm like you know what like i'm being so privileged in the fact that i don't think about that so i feel like this last year has forced everyone to kind of like sit in your chair mm -hmm. and consider what you have not had to worry about or consider what your family hasn't had to go through because maybe it's not you directly, but if your family has been discriminated against, like that totally impacts you in that trauma of like my parents were discriminated against or my cousins or, you know, someone in your family, like that totally impacts you, even if it doesn't directly happen to you. And I think respecting people as they're like, no, just because it wasn't my own like direct trauma, like doesn't mean it didn't affect me. And so respecting people as they're like, you know what? no thank you like I don't really want to hear like how you want to solve this for me um mm -hmm. and but actively working towards like hey how do we ensure that the people in our lives and the people we're impacting we're not contributing to the problem like how do we not be neutral but how do we push push forward and say you know what that's not okay to say that like that's not okay to say that all blank people do this like mm -hmm. it's not appropriate to just completely stereotype and so I feel like that's been like I feel like the the loss of like this bubble for a lot of people are like oh my gosh it's as bad as it's ever been and I'm like no way like you think 2021 is is as bad as racism has ever been like that Ooh. makes me so angry when people say that like we've never been more divided and I'm like I Ooh. think we have been yeah <laughs> I feel very confident about that actually <laughs> a little thing called the civil war happened way back right? when. <laughs> like we had a war 
an actual like, actual a war. <laughs> and like women, even like things like women's rights. Like we were more divided when there were not women's rights in place. And I mean, just when you just look at rights in general, mm-hmm. the the people who are fighting for their rights are never on the wrong side. Like. Mm. I think we can look back at history and go anytime people were fighting for rights they weren't on the wrong side of history like mm-hmm. if you look back so i want to challenge myself every time to be like why do i want to push back on that like why do i feel like that shouldn't be happening like well it's because it's been normalized it's part of culture it's but that's not a good excuse right like that's a really lazy lazy way to look at life it's like oh that's just how it's always been well like mm-hmm. if that was the case we would women still wouldn't have rights we wouldn't have i mean Think how it wouldn't happen if people weren't willing to push back. Wild. So, the, you obviously passionate, very knowledgeable about everything that's been going on. You know, start of twenty twenty all the way to let's say yesterday or today. And, and then with you traveling all over the place for school and also for sports and whatnot. And I know for myself, when it goes to like visiting Hawaii, I start picking up the language. I start thinking I'm a cool Hawaiian guy too, but in reality, I'm still an Oregonian. How, how did you keep this version of yourself as you moved from place to place to place and see South Carolina and see all these different things? Uh, obviously, I'm not going to say you stayed the same. You Obviously, you grew, but it's like, how did you still maintain your core values as you went to these places that had different views of situations that you have a, you know, Oregon view of? I definitely think that challenges lead to that. I think you kind of double down if you're forced to, because if you go to this new environment and you don't know like what you think or what you believe, it's hard to like maintain that. But as you start, you know, arguing with people like, no, not all women want to dress up and look nice every day. Mm -hmm. I was one of them. I did not. There were so many girls I went to school with who would come to school and like, like full dress, like beautiful makeup like they look incredible like they were so like stunning but I was like that's not who I am and it kind of showed me like you know what I don't that's not who I want to be and I mean I went to school with I think one of them was Miss South Carolina and they were like pat like like just straight up just beautiful women and they would like doll themselves up and wear heels and gorgeous love that for them that's who they are but it showed me like hey Anna that's not who you are like you want to show up in sweatpants and like a Nike shirt and the hair braided because no one, you're not, no one's going to see this, but like curly hair braided, like I, I would rather have my hair out of the way so I can go do things. Mm-hmm. So I think as you kind of like go through life, it sharpens you. And sometimes you realize like, wow, that's not who I want to be. And being around certain people shows you like, wow, that's not who I am or who I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also feel very, very fortunate to have been given a lot of books throughout my time and just reading. And I'm okay, I'm, a, I'm not going to lie. I'm an audiobook person. I hate reading. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie because my husband's like, you didn't read. I'm like, oh, you're right. I audiobooked. Yeah. Because okay. I, I've been, the girlfriend loves Harry Potter. So I told her, like, I've only read the first one. So she's <laughs> like, okay, here's my audio library book app, sign in stuff. And then you're going to listen to all of the Harry Potters, which I'm almost done with the seventh because nice. I've been listening to it while I'm at work. But it's like, wow, this is this is doing some this is OK. Keeping my mind occupied. But you, you, you were saying that books really helped you or and audiobooks have helped you. Uh, yes. Like, I love books. I think books are the best way to change my own mind. 
Because if someone comes at me and says like, you need to think this way, I'm like, whoa, no. And I instantly want to be like, excuse me, like, don't tell me what to do. I'm stubborn. But reading a book or having the time to digest in my own words is my favorite way to kind of listen and learn because it takes you past that first initial like X outward conversation. It makes you have an inward conversation first. And I don't know for most people, but I'm the person who I want to have an inward conversation first before I have an outward conversation. Like I don't want to be speaking from a place of ignorance is the right word, but like a place where I haven't really like had a chance to sit on the idea. Like I like a chance to be like, do I really agree with that? Do I really believe that? And a lot of times like, no, I don't, but that doesn't mean part of it isn't true. Mm -hmm. And then I can decide like what's true for me and what's not true. And that's great. No book you read, you're ever going to agree with hundred percent of it, like not expected. Um, but I mean, I've read a lot of like Brene Brown in the last two years. Woo. I love her. I love her. <laughs> like the, the topic of shame and like speaking shame and like putting that out there for yourself, like cried, like so emotional to be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I felt so much shame around whatever, right? There's so much, I mean, that could be a podcast I could make on its own. just like, here's everything I felt shame about. Um, because there's a lot of things we keep on the inside and we feel like we're the only one or we're broken and we're not enough. And all these things. And it's like, so you start talking about it. You're like, Oh, nope. Just a normal human mm -hmm. struggling like everybody else. We all struggle with different things. Yeah. And you started like, instead of using it, cause I've talked about this podcast, like overthinking anxieties, depressions. It's like, uh, you know, I've acknowledged like, okay, I'm an overthinker. What can I do next to make sure that like, what are some steps I can start establishing for myself to make sure that Next time I hit a situation where I start overthinking, okay, I can like I can do this, I can do that, yeah, I can do that. So it sounds like this book has kind of helped you through some of those. Um, I don't want to say like self doubt or just like yeah, no, totally self doubt. Like yeah. let's let's name it like self doubt, <laughs> feeling like I am totally doing the wrong thing or feeling like I should have handled something differently. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I, I think it's great to be like, yep, I should have handled that differently. Yeah. I think being married is a big way of like, you have to consider like, wow, I did not handle that the way rational Anna would like to handle that. I handled it in a way that was, you know, defensive. And mm -hmm. I would like to not be defensive with my partner, but we're all, again, we're all human. Like we all have tendencies and the, the okay, one more book, um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Okay. I think my favorite takeaway from that was like, just kind of like, like go deep and like look within yourself. And for me, it's like, if I'm making a decision that I'm like, ah, stress, it's like, when I ask myself, like, okay, self, how do you feel about this? If I feel like warm or like at peace with the decision in this exact moment, I'm like, okay, I feel good about it. Yeah. Versus if I feel like still like no bad or cold or something, I'm like, okay, I need to re-examine this. And I try not to hold myself accountable forever. Mm. Like I try to hold myself accountable, like in the moment. So like right now in this moment on this day with as much knowledge as I have, like that's what I'm going to hold myself accountable to. Because of course, 20 minutes later, you have to make the decision. You get some new information. You're like, that was so dumb. But <laughs> In the but, moment, but, you didn't know. By the way, you, you can curse on this podcast. And no, because like at the time you make the decision, and then 10 minutes later, you're like, oh, son of a bitch, why did I do that? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, 
uh, so I actually did that. So with the new house, Tyler and I were not really planning on buying a new house. We had spent a ton of time and money renovating our current one. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to move. And oh my gosh, another mortgage. And can we find renters? And like stress, 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 mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. feeling so overwhelmed. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to like stop talking. I'm going to stop moving. And I'm just going to try to like sink into my, like into my intuition. Be like, how do we feel about buying the house? And I was like, I feel really hopeful. I feel like it made me feel like alive. Like this is the right decision. I was like, okay, cool. Today, that's how I feel. And today was the day we had to put an offer in. So like, that's what we did. (laughs) And I think just like looking more inside of ourselves for answers is hard. Mm -hmm. Like it's so much easier to be like, Keone, what do you think? Like, do you think I should buy the house? You're like, totally, you should totally do it, right? Like what a great investment. But like, that might not be what I want to hear. And so then now you're like telling me what I don't want to hear. And so I'm like, well, but there's this problem or there's this problem. Like we'll talk ourselves into what we want anyway. Mm-hmm. So by like, just like trying to sink down and like really like go with your intuition and be like, no, no, no. How do I actually feel like, do I feel cold? Do I feel hot about this? Like assigning your yes and no values. Like for me, it's like, I feel alive when I make a good decision. When I make a decision that I don't like, it's, I feel like scared or or, or just like, I feel wrong. So for mm-hmm. me, it's like, I try to like go towards that. Like this makes me feel alive and excited or this makes me feel wrong or to be honest, a negative feeling. It just kind of feels like, yeah. I don't like, I don't have a great word for it. it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no, we were actually talking about this before that we started recording because I was just, once we started talking about this, I was like, Oh, this is actually like, I didn't know this is a new side of you. This new side of Anna that I've actually never experienced before where, we're actually talking about like consciousness and thinking and decision-making for you. When do, is there any moment from our high school days that you still think about? You're like, God, I really wish I didn't do that. I can't change it, but it's like, Oh, that would be, you know what? I wish, I wish I took that one back. I wish I took that one back. I know it's been a lifetime, but. No, I was like, I was like that's a hard one. I mean, I think if I could go back and have more brave conversations, Mm. like it's more the Mm -hmm. things I didn't disclose more than the things I did. Like it was Mm. more things that I like kept inside of me and like didn't share because I was, you know, self-protecting and like feeling like if I told someone, you know, it's like, you're you're ashamed of it. Or it's more the like not sharing. That's Mm. more like, like, I was not very brave. Like I was not brave and I wasn't willing to go there. And I mean, sometimes it's, you feel like if you disclose something, like maybe your friendship will evaporate because in high school, like friendships are very like, Ooh, will they like stay friends? It's a balloon in the air. It totally is. And it's more like if I had been more brave to, you know, confront people in a way that was like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling about the situation or this is how I'm feeling about how you said something or how I said, like, I feel bad. And like, even confronting them about me, like, mm-hmm. hey, I feel bad about what I did. Like, I w- that's the one thing I'm like, I wish I, I mean, whatever, 10 years later, I'm more, much, so much more emotionally and like yeah. spiritually like settled. Like in high yeah. school, I was so, was so focused on achieving like what I wanted for grades and for sports, like. I can't say that I was always very emotionally receptive and like in a place to receive people's, you know, even criticism or really anything. Like I was in my own world where I was like, I have to go and do these things to be successful. And now I'm like, okay, but did I, 
Like, yeah. did I like need to like be that aggressive at going after my goals or like, and you're, like, you're like, yes, but no. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yes. Cause you got where you are, but like, no, because the, you didn't, maybe you didn't have to do it the same way. So I guess I'll pose the same question back to you. Cause that's a great <laughs> question. I never had considered until now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there, there are moments that really stand out. Like if I think back to like the last two years where, you know, I stood in front of my previous work and I was just like on the microphone, obviously I'm not as comfortable as I am right now being on a microphone talking in front but I was trying to like, I had the speech in my head because I was the host of like their winter party or their holiday party. I had this big speech. It was going to be fun. I was going to get the reactions. And when I started talking, I was like, ooh, yeah, that felt flat. That felt very flat. And even the, the president, he was like, so next time, he was on the mic. He's like, so next time we'll actually have me opening up for the whole thing instead of you. So everyone said it was fine. But I guess when you twist it back to, or you, when you spin it back further into when we were in high school together, I honestly, I, my overthinking and my like anxieties were like, I I didn't know I had those things back then. Um, But I just knew, you know, when it came to like, let's say interacting with you, I'm just like, oh, it's Anna Miller. Like I've known her since she was a kid, but it's like Anna Miller, the athlete, Anna Miller, the ones hanging out with all of the other like fellow athletes that was like ran the school, but they were like pretty well known throughout the school. So in my head, I didn't have myself to that same level as everyone because I was doing the same sports as, you know, you're hanging out with Charlie Rogovoy, Hunter, and with Hayden. And I was like, I did this, I do the same sports as those guys are. So I'm on the same level, but I didn't see myself as someone on that same level. So I think if I were the thing I think about the most is like, okay, if I could do it back, I would, I would probably, you know, still be okay with how much I overthink, but how much I, um, you know, had the anxieties, the freeze, the freezings, um, but I would, you know, take at least a breath and make those little inch strides towards, you know, conquering them just a little bit and be like, hi, Anna, how are you doing today? Instead of being like, hi, Anna, okay, bye. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny you bring that up and I'm like, I was so in my own world. Like, I was so, like, I was, I, I will say it's super selfish and what I wanted to achieve. I was like, I want X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Like I want a 4.0, like I want all these things. And so I can't say that like, I even like poked my head up to be like, hey, look at all these other people around me who are also like trying to do all these things. And like, how am I interacting with them? Like, I, like, sometimes I'm like, how did I like, how, how did I feel like I was like head down for four years just doing sports and softball and like mm-hmm. that, I mean, basketball and, and volleyball and all the things. And I, and so people are like, what's your favorite high school memory? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I was in sports like the whole time. <laughs> and like, that was the vast majority of my high school was like, go to class, go to practice, go to sleep. And I, I feel like that was just my, my entire life. And it was, yeah. I, I really do wish I would have enjoyed, like enjoyed the time of it more. <laughs> And yeah. like looked up and like, you know what? I should go do that fun thing instead of being like, no, I have practice and I can't do that because two days from now we have this. <laughs> I was yeah. just, I was in my own world. So like, <laughs> to be honest, I I can't even say that I had any, any memory of you being shy or over, like not at all. Like I, I always saw you as a confident person. So isn't it funny how like we yeah. feel like we're like we are this one thing, 
in a reality like we are so much more right like everyone's perception is wildly different than what we think we are yeah because even when i mentioned this like oh you know i suffer from from i suffer from some anxieties and then uh some overthinkingness and people are like really because you're out there talking in front of all these people or really because you're leading a group of people to do this orientation that's like i i can turn it off but there's just like you know when it gets to be in front of people but it's just when it comes to like sometimes you have those interactions or, or you know the example i always use is like okay happily in a relationship but back when i was single you know trying to approach a girl at a bar and then you know i always think four steps ahead of where i really need to be so it's like before i even walk up i'm like hey what if i walk up she says hi we get you know hit it off blah 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 or what if i walk up you know i talk to her and then she just shuts me down and then i'm just like well that's gonna haunt me for a little bit (laughs) yeah i I mean i mean as i told you like getting out of this call like i had to go walk around the backyard just to like calm my like heart rate and brain to like i had to go move and I actually feel like that's why sports were so important in my life is because I had so much like, whether we want to call it anxiety or whether we just want to call it energy or however we feel about like all of that's inside of us. Like, I feel like sports were necessary to my Mm -hmm. survival because when I don't and not active, like I get like, like so worked up where I feel like I turn into a crazy person of like, "Ah," where I'm angry (laughs) all the time and just stressed. So, I mean, I can, I, I can like feel the, like, oh, the strength, like the, just yeah. like the discomfort of, of everything and like, okay, like it's going to be okay. And like self-soothing, <laughs> like everything will be okay. <laughs> and it's hard. So when it came to your cut, so this is probably the first time I've ever talked with someone that has played at so many spots when it came to college sports. Uh, so, you know, after Sunset, University of South Carolina, Upstate, Sissicue, Pennsylvania Rebellion. Uh, how do you, if there's more, please let me know. But um, in your time, because you just said sports was your survival. Did you find yourself, like, how did you feel when it came to jumping from place to place and also playing that same sport? But did you ever feel like you maybe started thinking, like, I don't really need the sport anymore because you're not playing it right now because I'm sure there's a professional softball league somewhere, but um, do, do you still feel like you need sports to survive? I will say a hard yes. Um, so so the trajectory was I since high school, um, and then I went to College of the Siskiyou, which is a junior college. So two-year university in California. Um, I didn't get recruited out of high school. So like I didn't have offers to go play like big – incredible division one softball and I got out of high school and so I was like you know what like I I want to keep playing so I went to junior college so and it's funny enough it's where I met my husband so we were both at junior college he was playing football I was playing softball there um and I knew I was gonna have to leave to keep playing so part of that was I already I knew there was a two-year like ticking clock so that was kind of like okay it's gonna I'm gonna be here for two years and then I'm gonna go chase the next opportunity um, and then going from there to South Carolina Upstate. So I got recruited there, had the most amazing pitching coach ever. Like I'm still in very close contact with him now. Um, like incredible person. He is like who I try to be as a coach, super patient, 
willing to like go into the nitty gritty, willing to translate things into your own language as an athlete, which when you're trying to help someone move, like, whew, that's a language in its own. Um, and so when I finished up my career there, like we, we did, we had, I had two great years there. Um, like we went, we went into regionals. We had a lot of success as a team. Like we had a really, really great team there. Um, got my degree, um, in marketing. And then when I was coming to the end of the season, there was a women's professional league draft and I got drafted. So I was originally actually going to go play overseas, um, in a league in Europe because I wanted to keep playing, but then I hurt my elbow. And so I ended up actually playing on it when I went and played for the rebellion. It was a horrible choice. (laughs) All the athletes out there don't play on an injury, like (laughs) listen to your body when it says no. Um, So I was like, okay, this is not a viable career path. I pitched and pitched and pitched. Um, and I was like, okay, what am I going to, what am I going to do now, now that I'm no longer an athlete? And so I went to work for a bed manufacturer <laughs> in Kent, Washington. <laughs> um, so like, that's how I got down to the Seattle area. And part of the really hard part was like, I was my accomplishment. Mm. So for me, like the reason I think in high school, I was so like driven is because I was like, I am my accomplishments. And like, I couldn't decouple those. Like they were one thing. Mm-hmm. So when I went to college, it was like, oh, I got an A, like I'm a good student slash person slash I have my life together. And like when we won, like, and I had a good outing, it was like, I am a good softball player slash person slash successful. Um, and then leaving that world, I was like, what? Like, I'm now a normal, like human who has to go sit at a desk. I, I'm I'm Anna Nickel. Do you not know who I am? It's like, you should... Like I throw things (laughs) and like, just like, and I, I, I mean, I'm still pulling that apart. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I will ever be able to fully like decouple accomplishments from how I feel about myself. It's really, they're directly tied together. And I have actively been working on that for the last seven years of like, Hmm. how do I separate my accomplishments from who I am? Like my worthiness is not based on my performance. Like I am worthy regardless that is very hard for me so for me like chasing those opportunities was just the next thing to do mm-hmm. like I, I don't think I ever really stopped and thought like I don't want to move across the country or I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that it was like I need to go to my next accomplishment and I need to go accomplish something so I will go wherever I have to go to accomplish it like I will do whatever I have to do to do it and then I did it and it was done. And I was like, okay, I, I'm not like, what? <laughs> I'm not, it's the end. And it's still hard. Like it, I, in full transparency, like it is still hard to be like, I am no longer an athlete. I am now a coach, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. And I love it. And it is a great way to continue to be in the game. But I totally miss like competing and being the one doing it. Very hard for me still very hard. I, but my goal is how do I help athletes see themselves as that competitor and see themselves as, you know, dominant or however they want to see themselves, but also make sure they know that I appreciate them and value them as a person, not only as an athlete. So like, I try to make sure they know like, Hey, just because you have a bad outing doesn't mean I think of any less of you just because Mm -hmm. you had a bad day 
I still know like you are like, you did your best. You are like, you are a lot of value regardless of you on the softball field. Mm-hmm. Because like, I don't get me wrong. It was like, it helped me. <laughs> like it helped me get to my goals. But at the same time, it was like, you had a bad day and you just like feel like crap. Like you are like, oh, I'm worthless. Like why I'm, I'm wasting my time, like dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but to start separating those things and being like, I am worthy just as I am. That will, that continually takes a, takes practice. So I went to my first Seattle Mariners game, I think late July. And what was pretty awesome when I went to walk around the whole stadium with uh, my girlfriend and her friend was that, you know, this had got some Asian heritage within that league, within that team, which is awesome. Like Ichiro, for example. Yep. And then uh, they also have an Asian pitcher who started the game, but then he was kind of, he wasn't, he was pitching. I mean, I, baseball is still kind of a foreign thing to me, but so he was pitching, but all of the balls he was pitching got hit. So he wasn't throwing strikeouts. So they ended up like tapping him out. So I know that back in, you know, was it uh, May of 2013 versus Jacksonville State? You know, he threw a perfect pitch game. Um, but when it came to some of those down days, how do you how do you handle, especially with you being as competitive as you are? How do you handle when someone has to tap you out because you're not pitching the best game or just things aren't working well for you? If that's all right. Wow, what a million dollar question. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I think it happens to everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, there isn't a pitcher out there or an athlete out there who's 100% on 100% of the time. Like, especially based on softball, they are very ups and down days where you might have a perfect day and then the next day you get bought four home runs mm. and you're like okay um and <laughs> dealing with it in the moment is like okay and for me like I'll ask myself did I do my best like did I feel prepared how like how did I show up mentally like did was there anything that happened that I could have controlled in the moment mm. like because if there if there is that's something you could immediately address But unfortunately, a lot of times there's not, and you have to be like, okay, what can I learn from this? Why did I get, why did I get hit so hard today? And then for me, it's looking at your coaches as like part of your team Mm -hmm. versus seeing them as someone who is like punishing you. Mm. So when your head coach pulls you out of the game, you feel like they're punishing you or like bad and bad pitching Mm -hmm. when in reality, they're looking out for the best interest for the team. So really they are there to manage the team, just like a manager would in an office. If you have someone who isn't succeeding on a project, you go, okay, you aren't succeeding on this project. Let's figure, like, let's see if we can figure out why. Um, and maybe you're in the wrong spot. Maybe we need to move you to a different part of the team. Like maybe you in that role is not where you need to be today. And like, there's nothing wrong with that because we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses, but we also have, maybe that's not where we're supposed to be. And not having success there is actually a like nudge to go in another direction. Mm-hmm. So like, Hey, wow, you got hit really hard today and you didn't do well at this. So like, let's say my changeup, I was giving it away. Like they could see the changeup before I threw it. Mm-hmm. So my coach is going to say like, Hey, we have film of you. We can see your change up before you throw it. So the batter could see it before you threw it. So they were hitting you really hard because they mm-hmm. knew when you were throwing it, you're like, okay, that's something that we can work on together and to attack a new goal. So I think when you have those really bad days, it's 
well, is this a bad day or am I not in the right place? Or like, is there something that I was, that I'm lacking because we all lack, mm-hmm. or is it something like a skill I need to develop? And I think it actually translates really well to the work world because we all have bad days. We all blow things. Yep. So yep. it's, and like managers are really there to help us like work through, like, is this something that is, I'm just limited in and it's not a strength of mine? Or is this something that it's like, we should go put you into a different role because that's not your strength. And I think having people around you who can help you like decide, like I, there are some things of of my job that I just do not like at all. Like Mm -hmm. don't enjoy it at all. But there's parts of my job that I think are amazing. And, and like, you're going to have both of each job and how, how much of your job is the part that you are not very skilled at and how much of it is stuff that you're really skilled at. And the goal is like, for me, I'm like, can I find the job where I'm very skilled with room to grow versus like, it's very hard for me to do all that. So I think it's looking at for ways you can improve, but also like looking for where you fit in and belong. How has that message that you tell yourself when you do get pulled all changed and grew as your time as a college player and now as a coach, uh, what, what's the message you give to your pitcher that you have to pull from the game because you know the the ball is getting hit three times for home runs. Because yeah. uh, I could tell, I'm I'm sure you know the body language as they're coming off the mound, and you're like, ooh, I've 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 experienced that one before. Yeah. So there's a couple of different scenarios that this can happen in. <laughs> the worst one is when they don't even know what's going on. Like they're just having a bad day and they cannot figure out. Like they can't make an adjustment because sometimes you'll have a pitcher who gives up a home run or a couple hard hits and they make an adjustment. They kind of settle down and it's okay. And you're like, okay, great. Like I'm glad that you resettled and we want to obviously give them the opportunity to resettle but they don't always and to come take them out it's like hey you're missing the zone or you know these hitters are timed up really well against you we need to bring someone in who they're not timed up well against Mm, or you know this umpire just really doesn't align with your strike zone like we like we need to put someone who's better suited so i mean some girls are more up in the zone and so there's umpires who like calling up in the zone so that girl is a better fit with that umpire and a girl maybe who has a lower strike zone and a low strike umpire will just align better. And so sometimes it's like, hey, this umpire is just not giving you the strike you normally get. Mm. Why don't we take, why don't we save you from getting beat up and put someone else in who is more aligned? Or like hitters, you might have a whole team who just swing up on the ball and they'll never hit a rise ball. Like they'll never hit something high. So I want to pitch an athlete who has a good rise ball. So that way they're going to miss where maybe if we put a girl who throws in more like drop balls or curveballs she'll get hit really hard because she aligns with their hitting style. So a lot of it's like, how do we find the right athlete for the right moment? And also the right, like all the things, right? Like all the stars align. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not that crystal clear. Like very rarely is it that clear, but sometimes you find like, you know what? This team is just really aligned with how you're throwing today and your chain or your chain up's not working or your drop, like a pitch isn't working. And it makes it really tough. And so it's just like, hey, that pitch wasn't working today and it's your best pitch. So we're going to save you. Like, we're going to get you out of here and like let someone else take over just so we don't like beat you up because one thing's not working. And sometimes that one thing that's not working eats them up. Mm. So okay. sometimes it's just like saving them from getting beat up. It's like, I could leave you in there, but you're going to get beat up today. So what's the value in you getting beat up? Like, I don't want this to go super far. Let's get you out of there before... You know, you start, they start feeling in their feelings versus like they're frustrated, 
But like, I don't want an athlete to go from frustrated to sad or frustrated to like defeated. Frustration is fine. Like that's human. Defeated is like, Ooh, we're not coming back from this today. That, that kind of gap from like frustrated to sad, frustrated to defeated. You, you want them to feel that on the bench. It's like, let's, let's get you on there. Let me talk you through this and let me just help you process through it instead of, you know, them out there performing or just doing their thing. And it's like, I, can't give them the, the the message that I want them to have to maybe get them out of the funk. So, yeah, that's and plus with uh, is it high school or college? Division three, college. Division three. Yeah, those are like girls that are not that much younger than you, too. <laughs> no, I mean it's well nowadays. Like we're starting to get to the point where like girls who are freshmen at college, so they're eighteen. Mm-hmm. I will be 12 years older than them this year. So like we're starting to get to the point where like the age difference is pretty, <laughs> is pretty big. But I mean, we've had, we just had a girl graduate and she's 23 and I turned 30. So it's like, we're wow. only seven years different, which is really not that big of a gap. When you start getting into 12 years, like yeah. the gap is there. Like I'm not cool. Like it's okay. Like they don't see me as like the young coach. Like I am an adult. Yeah. They see me as an adult, which is actually preferred in my mind because they see you as more of a leader and less of their friend like I want to be friendly with the girls and make sure they know that they're valued but but I just you know it's making sure that that relationship stays professional and it's not Mm. like too buddy buddy because when you're super close in age it's hard because you're like oh did you check check out bachelor in paradise and they're like yeah wasn't (laughs) it funny like and don't get me wrong those conversations still happen but at some point it's like oh like this is a little bit too personal for (laughs) for our coaching relationship yeah, because then you can just, you know, have those moments where you do let loose a little bit and then you get that reaction from all your players be like, oh, Coach Nichols is going crazy. Exactly, right? <laughs> so when you like let loose a little bit, they're like, whoa, you were young once. And you're like, ha, 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 very funny. <laughs> so, yeah, like everyone's our coach will do like a little like dance move and they'll be like, whoa, Coach can dance. So it's pretty funny because it's. I, I, it's funny. Do you remember? Do you remember hearing adults say like, 30's not that old. Like you'll be thirty before you know it." And like, I don't feel like I'm an adult, and you're sixteen, and you're like, "You're almost double my age, and you don't feel like an adult, weirdo." And I'm like, mm, "I don't feel like I don't feel that old." <laughs> I know it's the, you know the fact that you know I'm I'm turning thirty in September, which is this month or the month of this recording. So it's like, ooh, wow, that's uh. That that's really coming up soon, isn't it? Holy sh- holy shit! What what day? Thirteenth, September thirteenth. Okay. So okay. in about eleven days, <laughs> I'm gonna turn the big three zero. But by the time your episode airs, I would have already turned it. But it's just like I I remember a conversation that someone that's you know my freshman, my brother's was a senior, so you know uh, with a girl that was on the wrestling team for stats, she was also my brother's age. She's like. Oh, you know what? When I turn 30, I'm going to have kids and I'm going to have my life figured out. And I'm like, oh, 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 honey. Oh, honey. That, that's, a, that's a lofty goal. You know, I swore up and down I'd have kids when I was 25, which is hilarious now. I'm like, yeah. what was I thinking? Like, yeah. Now, granted, so my husband's Canadian. And so we had to go through like visa processing and like a bunch of loot, like, and then he was also playing college football. So we were like living long distance. Like I was in South Carolina he was in Canada. Like it was very long distance, West coast, Canada, for those of you who know that Canada is a big country. 
Um, and like, so we were dating long distance for five years, like a very long time. It was mm-hmm. brutally painful to say the least. Um, but I mean, we didn't even, I mean, we got married, I think when we, when I was 26, 20, no, that's wrong. We won't be married. 2018. So I, when I think about that, I'm like, oh, like I, we weren't even married by the time I was 25. Like just this idea that I had about like time and age was just so left field like mm-hmm. why did I think 25 was like a magical age um, yeah I don't know like when you know it, just because like you know 21 you can finally legally drink 25 you can uh rent a car those are the big landmarks I thought of and then when Maybe you that go, was it I was like then, I can rent a car I can have a kid yeah there we go <laughs> done and then, you know, when it comes to dating, it's like, you know, I've had this conversation with my girlfriend. It's like, oh, it's usually six months is a big deal. One year is a big deal. Like uh, maybe two years or at that yeah. point, it's like years, years, years. But it's like, we were having, we asked each other, it's like, why is six months, why is six months so important? Why? What was going on here? The thing that I think is funny is about being a human is like, we assign so much value to things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, think of how much we assign value to that we're like, oh, this is super important, this date or this t- or whatever. And we're like, no, it actually doesn't. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so I, I just think it's funny. Like, we assign tons of value to like, oh, did they, did someone do this specific thing, right? So in high yeah. school, it was like, oh, they asked you to prom in this oh, really yeah, special yeah, yeah. way. So like, that is so important. And then it's like, well, no, that's actually not important. Like, are they a kind, responsible, like enjoyable person? Like that matters a lot more than a promposal. But <laughs> at the time you're like, but they didn't do a promposal. So we're going to have to break up. Or they're like, oh, you know what? He just asked her normally and just like an actual person and didn't put any of their parents' money into this pr- promposal. So you got to dump him. Yeah, it's like he just texted you unacceptable what a- i mean nowadays i feel like you could get real creative like really cool like tiktok mm-hmm. and ask someone and like that would be okay so i feel like it's a gray area but i mean all the technology out there it's yeah. incredible like the amount of resources that are out in the world now like i feel like when we were in high school like texting mm-hmm. was like so incredibly like new it was like ooh, 25 cents a text if you, they're like out of network and all that stuff and like now can you imagine paying to text someone it's just you you throw a fit you're like what the hell i want unlimited data (laughs) (laughs) i know so it's it's just funny how like we really grew up in that like technology void Mm -hmm. and then it just like crashed it was like oh you're in college now all this technology like i remember getting an instagram for the first time in college and that was like whoa an instagram and like that's old news now (laughs) So what's funny is that recently I brought on, so I've been doing this podcast for calendar wise a little over a year. Um, and so I brought my first guest back. Who's a guy I worked at college. It worked at Nike with uh, just a downtown store in Portland. So he's a singer and I talked to him. I was like, you realize that the last time we talked, TikTok wasn't even a thing. And this was back in April, 2020. And he's like, cause he uses it for his music and, and yeah. is like you know, pushing it out. And he's just like, Oh, holy crap, dude. <laughs> I was like, I know. What? It didn't exist in April of 2020. 
I, I don't remember it. Maybe it was just like it's infant phases. But yeah, I don't. I, to be honest, it's like I don't even like remember a time before TikTok existed. Like it just popped out of nowhere, and I was like, TikTok is cool. The end. Yeah, I think it. Oh my god, maybe they adapted. Oh, you know what? It was Vine. Vine was first. <laughs> that was the one. Oh, I love. Vine. Oh my gosh, all of the social medias that have come and gone, like MySpace and. I mean, just the ebbs yeah, and flows. Yeah. yeah, Vine is gone, and then uh, Snapchat's still still hanging around there. It's like yeah. the uh, ugly step sibling. It's like, uh, you know, you're okay. We'll hang out with you. Yeah, I mean, you can do everything you pretty much need to with something else. But I mean, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. My husband and I use Snapchat to snap our dog to his parents. <laughs> like, we have a little like dog <laughs> chat, and we'll like take cute pictures of her and be like. Oh, Maui's like laying out in the sun, or like Maui's curled up under the couch. Like, she's just so cute, and so we actively like talk to them about the dog. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, "How are you guys doing?" We're like, "Oh, Maui is tired. Like, we just went to the park." Like, <laughs> that's the basis of our conversations half the time. Well, I mean, that's what you know. I lived with my brother for the first half of I think end of 2019 to about a little bit of April 2020. And anytime my mom would visit, she'd just be like, where are my grandkids? Because my brother has two cats. So it's like, oh. she's like, where are my grandkids? I was like, oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. hi to you too. We're just peasants now. I guess. I guess. Uh, I should have looked this up, but what is your husband's name? Tyler. Tyler. That, you did mention that earlier. So Tyler, he coaches uh, football as well, or is he coaching another sport? So he coaches quarterbacks. So he only does private training. So all he does is like small group, individual, like works on offenses. Um, He does film review. Like he helps guys just, you know, learn the position better. So he's very, very integrated up here. He has his own business called Throco. That's it. That's yeah. Throco. Yeah. Shout shout out to that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, honestly, like he has put so much time and effort to building it up from scratch because he moved from Canada where football is different. It's a different game up there. They like the fields are longer, they're wider. There's three downs. The end zones are twice as wide, which is like incredible. Like I wish our end zones were twice as wide. Like the the amount of action is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, but he actually grew, he grew up playing Canadian football and then transitioned to American football. So he's played both, um, and like built his business from scratch, like had zero kids when he got here, like not a kid. And now, I mean, I think he has close to 10,000 followers on Instagram. Like he puts out tons of content. Um, he's very busy. Like he has like, he was like grinding so hard to get his business off the ground and like got off the ground and then COVID hit. And honestly, like he's, it's actually accelerated if anything else, because you have so many kids who are at home, like, what do I do? It's like, oh, I guess I'll start throwing the football. And um, yeah, he's got some really, really talented kids. Um, and he, I mean, he's a big, he's a big part of their just development and mentoring them and helping them like move through the game. So yeah, yeah. We're, we talk about sports a lot in our house. <laughs> um, so you're also talking about how you beat him in games before our interview started how like you know it's just you two you're the bigger competitor of the two now when it came comes to coaching obviously you're doing a team sport he's doing just private coaching but are there anything that is there anything that you've seen him do with his athletes that you want to implement or anything he's seen you do that he's mentioned to you that he wants to implement to his 
any kind all of the overlay? Time. Oh yeah, okay. all the time, okay. both ways. Okay. Like, so even though I am more like team aspect with the college, like I also only do pitchers. So like, mm -hmm. it's still like a very one-on-one -on -one position. Um, and I mean, a lot of the stuff he does like directly relates to stuff I do with our pitchers and a lot of the stuff that he does, like we, we swap ideas all the time. Like oh. it's something that's so unique, like have a husband and wife of like, oh, we did this today. Or like, oh, here's a mental struggle. Or like, I'm having this kid who is like in a mental block. And I mean, just to have a free flowing conversation about it, like he is a great listener and someone who's, who's always willing to give me feedback and kind of talk me through it and he'll bounce ideas off me. He's like, oh, I'm trying this lately. All right. Have you tried this? And we have really, actually really good discussion about, <laughs> I actually think that's our most like calm topic is talking about coaching and like how we're working to improve um, our own coaching styles because coaching is a, like is a style of its own outside of who you are as a person like you really have to refine it it's a total skill like mm -hmm. I, I feel like I just get better and better as the years go on at coaching and being able to relate to kids and help them through their struggles it's 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 probably one of my favorite parts of like getting to stay through the sport is being able to help those kids like hey this will pass like it's a small blip in the radar like you won't even remember this when you go to high school like right now it's a big deal but like once you get through this hard time like you'll forget this ever happened like you'll get amnesia that you ever struggled and you'll just be like i'm so awesome <laughs> so it's 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 really cool that he i mean he's a learner for life like he's taken online courses he's trying to learn from everyone else recruiting and you know defenses like he watches tons of football because he loves football but also like he's such a student he's like oh that was a cool like that was a cool formation that was a cool play he's yeah. a super learner and just loves um loves to study the game yeah so your i want to say i don't know fascination but just like your kind of passion or just maybe your always thoughtfulness towards you know not just mental health but just the mental wear of life in general and all these decisions uh decision makings that you go through life and how you process them did all of this kind of thinking get started as you left high school and went to college or have you always thought have you always like had this in the back of your mind when it came to like think of like mental health and anxieties and overthinking and uh, just getting those little either amped up or really antsy or because yeah this is just a new side of you that I'm it just energizes me I'm just like this is awesome I would say I was very private about it it was something I was totally ashamed of was like how much of like how anxious I was or how like insecure I felt like I was something I was totally ashamed about so it was not something I was sharing <laughs> um, but now I can look back and go like I was like, I was no different than how other people are feeling and like not talking about it makes it darker and deeper within mm -hmm. you. So like talking about it freely is like, hmm, like with body image, like there are times where I was like, oh my God, I'm so fat. And I looked back at my high school pictures and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, what are you looking at? And, but just like feeling like I was like, I'm 5'10", like I'm tall, like I'm bigger than a lot of other women out there. And just feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm so fat or I'm so big or so weird or clumsy or whatever, all these things. And I don't think I had a way to name it until like closer to now. And it's funny when you learn something, like you get amnesia to ever not knowing it. Yeah. Like if you would ask me five years ago, you would have gotten a totally different 
probably awareness of what I, what I try, I'm trying to improve. Uh-huh. Whereas now I'm like in five years, you'll have a totally different version of the Anna who's trying to improve. Like, I, I feel like we are all like these balls of clay and we're just trying to like constantly decide what we want that ball of clay to look like. And I'm trying to actively like talk about it. So I don't make it bigger than it needs to be. Like we all yeah. struggle with things and it doesn't need to be good or bad. It just needs to be. Mm-hmm. And like not assigning value to things that don't matter is like a great passion of mine. Like yes. someone called me fat. Okay. That doesn't matter. Like who cares? Yeah. Like I mean why like what and like trying to remove value from what people say to you because you're like, I don't I don't care about that. Or I don't care about their opinion or like when you're a coach, people always are like, oh, well, you're doing this wrong. You're coaching this wrong or in work, like, oh, you shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. And deciding like what's feedback that's valuable and what's feedback where someone's just, you know, they're, they're just a person who wants to point out everything you do wrong and recognize like there are times where I like, I really want to, I value that feedback. And there are times where I'm like, you know what, that feedback is great, but it's not for me. And like, just letting it go. Like it just is what it is. Like, I don't need to apply it to my life just because someone told it to me. And that has been like, that's a new way for me to like, just because someone gives you advice doesn't mean you need to take it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, okay. Like, sure. You can eat kale all you want. Okay. So nice. So someone just blatantly said you were fat or is this kind of like, it's like the, it's like the comment, like it's more like the, the passive aggressive commentary, like, Oh, well, you know, like that, oh, like, or it accentuates part of you that like makes you look bigger. It's, it's more like the subtle, the subtleties mm. or like, oh, that's not very flattering on you. Like things mm. like that. So okay. it's not to the point where like someone, no one's like, you're fat. Actually in high school, I did get called fat quite a few times. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which, and like, could I tell you who said it? Nope. No idea. Like they were passerbyers or like someone making a comment like, that I was told, uh, was told, was told. So mm-hmm. like, I can't, I can't, there's no like person to assign it to. It just, it just it like, happened. And... Well, and like when you're a taller person who is bigger, mm-hmm. like you are large and extra large clothes because mm-hmm. you are larger. And like when you have a bunch of other girls around you who are smalls and extra smalls, it's like, oh, I'm very big. And just like the, like, just like, normal commentary a parent might say like oh well Anna needs to have the biggest size and like for guys that I don't feel like that's a necessarily a negative thing but for women it can absolutely be a negative thing that like you're too big mm-hmm. so yeah like again like there I could well, there's like a whole nother <laughs> podcast of things like, like you know that was I, I never really thought about it but I was like you know what I like how big I am. Like, I like that I'm like, I'm strong and I am tall. Like, yeah. I like, I like it. Like, and, and just being like, I like it, period. Like, I don't need to quantify what I like. I just, I like my body, period. And just being like, okay. I mean, just thinking like genetics, your dad is is the tall dude. A, B, you've done athletics almost all your your whole life. So you have to be in the weight room. You have to always put on muscle you always have to eat right so you know muscle weighs more than fat so obviously muscle is going to show more so it's like you know just looking for people that are listening and i watch you on youtube but for those that are listening uh anna has a picture of her doing a softball pitch behind her left shoulder uh and you know you gotta have strong legs to do that you you can't yeah. 
thick legs. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like, you know, someone says you're fat. It's like, okay, well, obviously I'm stronger than you. So I'm going to just assume that you're just just my strength. So exactly. And it's like, and if someone's like, oh, I think, I think you could lose some weight. It's like, okay, that's nice. Like, like, and like it gets into health and like the BMI, like BMI wise, like I'm overweight. If if we are talking a BMI chart only. So like things like that, where it's like, women we're kind of like behind the eight ball even if we're on time like because it just so much of what health is looked at is from like not a lot of not a lot of muscle and not a lot of mass and it is what it is so yeah it's what's well, yeah lots of thoughts on yeah. equality and feminism but again another day <laughs> uh what, what's funny is that you, you mentioned someone like kind of matching you know yeah you're fat uh, under their breath kind of passive aggressively it just remind me of this one time where I was, you know, I worked downtown Portland uh, at Nike and then I got off a shift where it's still daytime and daylight out. So I'm like, sweet. So I had sweatpants on. I was tired, you know, working retail. I got on the max. I sit down. Some woman sits next to me. She gets off like two stops later. And then she's like, you smell like a bar. And I was like, what? And then the people next to me, I was like, they also heard that and they gave her the weirdest looks. And I was just like, it didn't affect me because I was listening to music and I was tired, so I really didn't <laughs> care. But the person that was next to me, like, gave me a weird look, gave a weird look also. I was like, I, what bar is she at where it smells <laughs> like clothes? What is going on? <laughs> so it's just, you know, for those people that are such short blimps on your life, it's just you have to take what they say and just be like, you have no effect on me going forward. Exactly. And so much of like we're all in our own little world bubbles Mm -hmm. so so much of what someone else is saying is a reflection of what they've been told or what they're going through in their own life or how what they put value on and it's like maybe that person who made that comment has been told by their parent their whole life that they're fat Mm -hmm. right so their body perception is that anyone with body fat is fat or anyone who is not a two is fat like assigning values based on what we've been told or the standards we've been held to or how we feel about ourselves and so sometimes someone might make a comment and it has nothing to do with me like they don't care about me and not in like not in a mean way just like a, we're all self-actualizing self-obsessed people mm-hmm. like your awareness of self is your life right mm-hmm. like you cannot separate you from life like you are life so so much of what they're telling to me or saying or whatever like they're assigning it based on their awareness of their own life and it's mm-hmm. not it, it's never about me it's never about the person that they're telling it to it's always about maybe they don't feel good about their body or they've been told to see a body that way or you know mm-hmm. so much of life is just what we're what we're informed about or what we are steeped in whether that's childhood or work world or partners or mm-hmm. whatever yeah and uh it, it could also be because i grew up I grew up watching WWE and all they did all day and night was just like lift workout. And now I, I remember. Uh, so do you remember Rolando Rado? Yeah. Yeah. So we were at his birthday party cause it was his birthday, uh, August 25th. So a little bit over under a couple weeks ago and uh, my brother and he is really into the card collectibles. And so he brought over like these WWE women cards that we opened up and then my girlfriend got like a little panic because she saw like me looking at these cards of women like super fit women 
wrestling and she's like i'm sorry i'm not like an amazon i was like i don't want you to be i want you to still be you i don't i just i love the way you are this is just like i grew up watching this looking at this so it's like i don't want this i want it's like i want you so no oh Okay, I have to run. So I, I would love to end on that note so your girlfriend can listen to me. Like, <laughs> like, I love a good partner support. Uh, okay, uh, there were a couple things I want to talk to you about, but we'll just have a follow-up interview later. But Anna, real quick, where can the people find you on social media? Um, if you're an Instagrammer, I am at Anna M. Nickel, Nickel like the coin, N-I-C-K-E-L, because mm-hmm. I get confused a lot. Um, and that's it. I'm nowhere else. I don't do Twitter. I'm just, <laughs> just Instagram. One is enough. <laughs> one, one and done. One and done. One and done. <laughs> Thank you so much for sticking around until the end of the episode. If you like what you heard or watch and would like more episodes from Keone Chats, the show can be found on all podcast platforms and YouTube under Keone Chats. If you want to keep in the loop on other creative content releases, you can follow KC Media on Instagram and Twitter under KC Media 13. And then on Facebook, it'll be under Conlu K Media. So if you'd like to be a guest, email me at kcmedia13 at yahoo.com. Tell me your story. I'd love to get you on the show. So until the next episode, everyone, please take care.